Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast during this season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Maundy Thursday as we commemorate the Last Supper of our Lord with his disciples in this the holiest of weeks. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, 
We hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Now, let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Let us confess to Almighty God our sins against his love and ask him to cleanse us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God our Father, you have invited us to share in the supper which your Son gave to his church to proclaim his death until he comes. May he nourish us by his presence and unite us in his love, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning at the 23rd verse. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and girded himself with a towel. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. He came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not know now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet. But he is clean all over, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, that is why he said, You are not all clean. When he had washed their feet, and taken his garments, and resumed his place, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. Truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him in one. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Amen. 
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a profound and almost tangible intensity about the event that we commemorate each Maundy Thursday when we revisit the story of the Last Supper. Jesus, knowing that he was about to be arrested, knowing that the most appalling fate awaits him, shares a last meal with his closest friends and supporters, those who had followed him faithfully, if not always comprehendingly. He has spent much of his ministry surrounded by crowds, but tonight the mood and the setting is an intimate one. This is Jesus alone with his inner circle. And Jesus marks the significance of this final meal with them by doing two extremely strange things. Or, to put it another way, he leaves them with two crucial messages. But rather than delivering those messages in verbal form, he does so through actions. Actions that are so peculiar and, in a sense, so disturbing that however much they might struggle to understand them at the time, in years to come, the disciples would never have any difficulty in remembering what he did that night. The first of these two strange actions is the taking and blessing and breaking and sharing of bread and the blessing and sharing of wine with the disciples. Bread and wine that Jesus associates explicitly with his own body and blood before commanding them in the future to continue to repeat this bizarre action amongst themselves and to do so in memory of him. What on earth was that about? Particularly for good Jews such as themselves who would naturally recoil at any suggestion of drinking blood which was absolutely forbidden to them, even animal blood. And the second is the action we heard described in our gospel reading this evening, when Jesus removes his outer robe and, kneeling before the disciples, he washes their feet. It was the duty of the most base of household slaves. Again, little wonder that Peter is outraged by the sheer inappropriateness of that, of seeing his master debase himself like a common slave. What is Jesus doing then in these two actions? It seems to me that in the first instance, the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the bread and wine, he is giving them what in time they will come to realize is the key to understanding everything that is about to happen to him, which, when it finally comes to pass, will leave them feeling utterly distraught, dismayed, forlorn, and abandoned. A series of events that, close up, will look and feel like total and abject failure, but which, in the light of the resurrection, will suddenly appear completely differently and indeed will cause them to think back again to the perplexing events of the Last Supper with renewed insight and understanding. So that was what he meant. 
For his strange and perplexing message to them is that the cruel and perverse and tortuous death that awaits him, a death to which he surrenders himself willingly, is something that he is embracing not only on their behalf, but on behalf of those who are guilty of actively committing such vindictive cruelty against him. And that by sharing in the bread and the wine that he has blessed and offered them, they are not only accepting that gift of himself, but they are taking it symbolically into their very being. Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Eat it, drink it, take me physically into your very selves, make me part of you. And the foot washing? In that powerful symbolic action, Jesus is demonstrating to the disciples the way that they should live, the way that they should view one another and behave towards one another in the time to come, in the new era that his death and resurrection will inaugurate. It is a sign of how things are in the kingdom of God. It is a sign of how those of us who seek to follow Christ should strive to be. And even when we fail, we should remember again and try again, for that is what the kingdom requires of us. I don't know if you have ever had the experience of facing something really dark and difficult and frightening that is overshadowing your life, whether something that involves the risk of physical pain and suffering or something that is emotional or psychological in nature. But whatever form it takes, it is something that you know will plunge you into a situation where you will be at the mercy of forces that are greater than yourself. The time leading up to that fearful thing, whatever it is, can, oddly enough, be a time in which your senses are unusually heightened in which you may well find yourself experiencing life with a renewed intensity. I can remember spending time with one of my Birmingham parishioners who had discovered she was suffering from an inoperable brain tumour. And for all that she was fearful for what lay ahead, she spoke of her experience of the here and now with amazement and wonder. Sometimes it is only when we are facing the end of what we have for so long taken completely for granted that we come to value what we truly have. And it is that intensity that we glimpse at the Last Supper, which Jesus shares with his friends in full knowledge that it is a moment to be treasured. So, Maundy Thursday is about, living, is about the intensity of living at its richest. But as the events of the evening begin to unfold, so we start to see the increasing isolation and aloneness of Jesus as one by one his followers fall away, beginning with Judas who betrays him, the disciples who cannot stay awake and watch with him one hour in Gethsemane. And at that point, the experience of waiting takes on a much darker hue. During the Second World War, 
a 22-year-old seaman called Kim Malta Brun, who had been working for the resistance in the seas around Nazi Germany, was captured and imprisoned by the SS. On the 2nd of March 1945, he was tortured until he was unconscious and then returned to his cell. The following day, in a letter to his mother, this courageous young man wrote this about his experience. Though I am unafraid, though I do not yield ground, my heart beats faster every time someone stops before my door. This must be something purely physical, even though it is indisputably a sense of perception that evokes it. Immediately afterwards, it dawned on me that I now have a new understanding of the figure of Jesus. The time of waiting, that is the ordeal. I will warrant that the suffering endured in having a few nails driven through one's hands in being crucified is something purely mechanical. But the waiting in the garden, that hour drips red with blood. Some of you may have heard me speak recently about one of my 16th century predecessors as vicar here, a man called John Cardmaker. Cardmaker was a man of vociferous Protestant views who found himself very exposed when the staunch Catholic Mary I succeeded to the English throne in 1553. Despite initially agreeing to recant, when recaptured and imprisoned in the fleet prison, Cardmaker changed his mind. He refused to give up his Protestant beliefs. He was burnt at the stake at Smithfield, just up the road from here, on the 30th of May, 1555. But he was not the only member of St Bride's to meet such a terrible fate. Just under a year after that, two of our parishioners, lay people this time, were to meet the same dreadful end for their own Protestant views. On the 27th of January, 1556, when they too were burnt at the stake, again in Smithfield. Thomas Brown was a married man of 37. Isabel Foster, a married woman, then aged 55. One of the things that I find very striking and very moving in the stories of many of the Smithfield martyrs and others like them is how they dealt with the experience of imprisonment, knowing that what lay ahead of them was certain death. Because it seems that many of them, just like St Paul in the New Testament, spent their time in prayer, reading scripture and singing hymns of praise to God. Far from losing their faith, for some, like John Cardmaker, their faith seems to have intensified. And sometimes it was the companionship that they shared with other prisoners that seems to have given them the courage to meet their fate. Maundy Thursday is an evening of complex and powerful human realities. The intensity of human in intimacy and life lived in the shadow of darkness, but also the all-too-human experience of the hour 
that does indeed drip red with blood. But for those of us who proclaim Christ as Lord, we know that we walk a path that Christ has walked before us, and we know too that he draws close to us in the gift of himself, in bread and wine. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And on the night before he suffered, sitting at table with his disciples, he instituted these holy mysteries, that we, redeemed by his death and restored to life by his resurrection, might be partakers of his divine nature. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in this wonderful sacrament you have given us the memorial of your passion. Grant us so to reverence the sacred mysteries of your body and blood that we may know within ourselves and show forth in our lives the fruit of your redemption. For you are alive and reign now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
My God, my God, look upon me. Why hast thou forsaken me? And art so far from my help, and from the words of my complaints. And thou continuest holy, O thou worship of Israel. They called upon thee and were holpen. They put their trust in thee and were not confounded. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips and shake their heads, saying, Thou art he that took me out of my mother's womb. Thou wast my hope when I hanged yet upon my mother's breasts. O go not from me, for trouble is hard at hand, and there is none to help me. They gape upon me with their mouths, as it were a ramping and a roaring lion. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my gums, and thou shalt bring me into the dust of death. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They stand staring and looking upon me. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. Thou art my succor. Haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth. Thou hast heard me also from among the horns of the unicorns. O praise the Lord, ye that fear him. Magnify him, all ye of the seed of Jacob, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. My praise is of thee in the great congregation. My vows will I perform in the sight of them that fear him. All the ends of the earth shall remember themselves and be turned unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before him. For the 
or such as be fat upon the earth, have eaten and worshipped. My seed shall serve him. They shall be counted unto the Lord for a generation. When the disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus prayed to the Father, If it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. He said to his disciples, How is it that you were not able to keep watch with me for one hour? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the power of sinful men. Come, let us go. Christ was obedient unto death. Go in his peace. 